welcome to another episode of Reverend Tashi's Talks. We are live in studio. And if I sound excited, that's because I am. Our Out of Context series continues and I have a guest host with me tonight. But before I introduce our guest, let me say thank you to our studio audience for logging on and coming to hang out. It is always a pleasure to have you. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. Remember, a good God can do great things in your life. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the second episode in the series, That's Out of Context. That's Out of Context. We had an interesting talk last week on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And I received a comment from one of our listeners here in Jamaica, and I'd like to share it and respond. So the comment came from Cute Vaughn, and this is what she said, quote, fitting word as usual, thanks Rev TC, context is important. I know I have used that aspect of the verse seemingly out of context. I have had instances where persons are going through a time of testing and the temptation is to give up. And it is this reminder that we can bear the testing that keeps the person going. So I will refrain from saying it, even though it has helped in motivating me to keep pressing on. Testing is different from temptation. Also, someone may not wish to hear, count it all joy. End quote. Well, hey, if this verse motivates you to keep pressing on, that is a good thing. The purpose of the Out of Context series is to help believers and non-believers alike to understand the context within which some verses exist, and then we can use it more appropriately. But if this verse keeps you motivated when you feel like giving up, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 keeps you going, that is a good thing. So please, don't refrain from encouraging yourself if it works for you, all right? And also, she spoke about persons going through challenging times, not wanting to hear, count it all joy. And that's from James chapter 1, verse 2 where it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Mm. Because you know, this is verse three, that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and so on. Very wonderful scripture. And of course, nobody really wants to hear, (laughs) count it all joy when you are going through your time of testing. But guess what? 
sometimes it's not about what people may or may not want to hear at the time of their situation. It's not about that as it is about knowing what God's truth is and applying it appropriately in our lives. So, yeah, I just wanted to respond to that. And thank you so much for the comment. I hope other people will comment as well. I see some more persons coming in the studio. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming to hang with me. And that said, our verse for today is Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. And I'm going to read it for you. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Welcome to my guest host, Mr. Wayne Plummer. Hi, Wayne. Oh, hi, Rev DC. It How are you doing? Pleasure. Me, I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the discussion. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure to be here with you co-hosting. Uh, yes. Let me yes. add my word of welcome to your um, studio audience. Go and um, I'm looking forward to a very interesting and edifying discussion. Yes. So, yes. as you said last week, I hope they have their tall glass of orange juice. <laughs> and, they're, and they're all set and ready to go. That's right. I hope so. Yeah. All set and ready to go. So we have read the verse. It's Matthew six thirty three, and this is a well known verse, especially within church circles. So the question I want to start to start off this discussion with is: In what ways have you ever heard this verse being used out of context? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Is that for me? Yeah, that's for you. Okay. I've heard that verse being used um, on many occasions. Uh, it's used for basically any, any need or any want that a person has. So if you're a, you're a male and you want to get married, Somebody can tell you that seek ye first kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things, meaning a, a wife, will mm -hmm. be added unto you. Uh, the same thing goes for a single woman in the church. She's desirous of getting married. Or a single person in the world, if um, she's desirous of getting married, yeah, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, meaning a, a husband, will be added to you. Yeah. If you need a job, you need a job, a house, a car, most anything. Seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah, that's so true. I have heard it used in that context as well. And I want to I want to split it a little bit because in my experience, there is indeed an emphasis on the these things. All these things will be added unto you. So there is an emphasis on the these things. And yes, I've heard that these things being applied to anything you want, a spouse, a house, a car, and pretty much any material thing. Even if you want to get rich, just seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. But 
you know in a tr- in in addition to that um, there's also another observation that i've had you know when it comes on to seeking the, first the kingdom of god sometimes i've heard it being used without the the righteousness part so there are, sometimes i've heard persons say just seek the lord just seek god seek god seek god and these things you will get whatever it is that you want and there's there is usually there are sometimes there's no emphasis on the righteousness so i think in essence the ways the way in which we've heard this scripture being used out of context is that it is used as a formula to get material things so it becomes about seeking god with an ulterior motive rather right. than to strengthen and sweeten the relationship with the lord jesus christ so this is the reason i'm seeking god it's almost like maybe it's a slot machine or something like that you put something in so that you can get something out and the emphasis is not on the relationship that is so very true mm-hmm. so then now the question is what is the context of this verse and that's what we want to look at because the the the, the verses surrounding matthew 6 33 it's it's a very big healthy context you know yeah. within which this verse falls yes it does um uh, last week you read um, a number of verses before you actually got to the the verse and this week uh, i'm not sure where you're going to start this week because this starts from the beginning of the chapter that's correct it actually starts from chapter 5 saint matthew chapter 5 because the context here is the sermon on the mount on the mount right right so jesus you know was the person teaching and jesus is the one who preached this sermon and it actually begins in chapter in chapter 5 so i right. think I, w- I think i will need to to summarize and you know invite persons to read on their own time so i will do just that so from chapter five there we jesus begins with the beatitudes and he is Mm -hmm. talking about the proper disposition conduct attitude uh, how we are to be and then he moves on to say that we should be salt and light salt Mm -hmm. and light and then he somewhere in there there's an insertion about christ being the fulfillment of the law where he says i have come not to abolish the law but to fulfill the law so christ has declared that i am the fulfillment of the law and then you know he pretty much would i this is how i'm going to put it now in the in this other part of the sermon the power condition and implication of the content of our hearts so in other words in a part of the the the, the context he says that murder begins in the heart if you hate your brother you've already committed murder in the heart if you look at look at a woman and lost after her you have already Mm -hmm. committed adultery in the heart so we see where jesus is talking about the fact that the content of the heart matters then he addresses some other issues like divorce and he spoke about the hardness of the heart which is why moses permitted it but it is not uh, and this is another story because i know that uh, different there are different schools of thought even within 
Christianity about this whole matter of divorce and remarriage because the remarriage is usually the issue as well but that's not what right. they chose about and then he he addresses divorce then he addresses the fact that we should speak the truth and then he speaks about going the second mile somebody asks you to do something do more than what they ask you to do and then he gives us this hard task to love our enemies he says we are to love our enemies and that's chapter five you know and then chapter six now talks about giving to the poor and the needy and jesus makes it clear that when you are giving your left hand shouldn't know what your right hand is doing we shouldn't be blowing trumpets and letting everybody know that oh i'm giving and so on so he is zooming in on motive you know And he speaks about how we should pray and how we should fast. And in both instances, he is addressing posture, attitude, and motive. The posture should not be one of self-glory. The attitude should not be one of arrogance or high-mindedness. And the motive should not be to be seen by others. He spoke about the fact that the Pharisees, that when they pray, they, they stand in the public places and they're babbling just so that people can be impressed by their many words. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, that's not, that, no, that's not it at all. We should approach God with humility, recognizing our insufficiency before God. You know. And then he spoke about fasting. And he says, when you fast, don't... don't Put on a long face and, you know, look somber because you want persons to know that you're fasting and, and you, you know, you're hungry. And maybe you think that this is looking holy. No. Again, he addresses posture, attitude, motive. We should not fast with a posture of hypocrisy. We shouldn't fast with an attitude of gloom and doom. We shouldn't fast with a motive for people praise. But he says... Go in your closet. And when you go in your closet, that's where you should pray. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, put on oil and look good. Nobody needs to know. Your heavenly father who sees what you do in secret, he will reward you. And then finally, before we, and I'm leading up now to, I'm just giving the context here. Uh Our relationship to material possessions. So Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven. And then he concludes by saying, we cannot serve both God and money. And then he goes now to say, this is the cure for anxiety. Don't worry about what you're, uh, worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. Don't worry about those things. And that leads us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. And I want to, of course, you know, when I'm looking at the context, I want to go the verse after that. After. Uh-huh. And verse 34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do you think? No. What are your thoughts in terms of the context of this verse? Well, um, it appears to me that it's basically 
zeroing on worrying, worrying about your daily needs, food, clothing, shelter, stuff like that. He's saying, if you position yourself, if you seek God and his righteousness, then you need not worry about these things. If you're trying to get to a place where um, of spiritual maturity to learn more about God, to build up your spiritual life, and to attain a place of, um, of righteousness, then you need not worry about your everyday needs, needs because God will take care of those needs. It's, a, it's um, important that you mention, um, look at the lilies of the field. Yes. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Yeah, I think that's very instructive. Solomon was reputed to be one of the richest, if not the richest man. He had streets lined with gold. But then Christ here is saying that even Solomon in all his splendor can't compare to the lilies of the, the field. And they're here today, they're gone tomorrow. Yeah. How about yeah. us? So all we need to do is put our lives and prioritize our lives. Seek God, seek um, his righteousness, and everything else he will take care of for us. All of our needs, yes. All of our needs, right. That's right. And that's, that, that's so true, and I want to add to that. By, so we're, we're now at the point where we're talking about what exactly is the verse talking about? The verse is, 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 is speaking to the fact that disciples who value the reign of God over their lives and who diligently pursue righteous living can trust God to satisfy their needs. And I want to say that again. Disciples who are Christians, believers, who value the reign of God over their lives and who diligently pursue righteous living can trust God to satisfy their needs. So it is important to distinguish between needs and wants. Right. Because a need is something that you need to live in this life, in this, in you know, um, in this dispensation and so on. And sometimes the things that we want are elevated as needs, but they're not. And so that is important because if we get that right in our minds, then perhaps we will have a little bit more to praise God for when we recognize that God is indeed taking care of our needs. So the question I want to ask, though, as I reflected on this verse is, how do we seek the kingdom of God? How should we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And the, God's kingdom here is speaking to God's rule, the domain of his rulership, you know, his kingship. Right. So how do we seek God's kingdom and seek his righteousness? Well, I went looking for answers to that question also. And on the... I found by got answers. Yes. And they yes. say that um they ask the question, where do I primarily spend my energies? Is all my time and money spent on goods and activities that will certainly perish? Or in the services of God, the results of which live on for eternity. They say that believers who have learned to truly put God first may then rest in this holy dynamic 
and all these things will be given to you as well. So they're saying to seek God's um, kingdom first, you look at where you spend your energies. Are you spending time trying to get to know God better? Or is your time being spent on trying to make money, spent watching television, spent on goods and activities that will surely perish? Or is your time spent in the service of, um, services of God? Right. So seeking God king, um, God's kingdom is um, going after God with earnestness. Ah. Yes. And I like and I like that because that's exactly the word <laughs> that I will use that in seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, it must be done earnestly. It must be priority. And uh, I want to share a quote from compellingtruth.com or .org, well, their website. And they say, to seek the kingdom of God is to intentionally focus on and fully experience relationship with God, usually through avenues he has provided, such as prayer and meditating on his word. Seeking the kingdom of God does not stop there. However, it also includes sharing the fruit of relationship with God with others through things like evangelism, practical giving, and expressing love to others through whatever means God has specially gifted you or directed you. And I think that this is so important because... In seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it should really be one to strengthen our relationship with God and to allow him to lead us to spread that with other people. And so this is very important because remember at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus was very careful to talk about giving to the poor and needy. Right. Okay. So evangelism, practical giving, sharing our faith, expressing love to others, all of these are, are aspects of sharing the fruit of our relationship with God. And this is important for us to do. So we should be so consumed with seeking God and his righteousness that we don't, we can, tr and we, that we know that we can trust God to provide the things that we need. And so within the context of the verse, the these things, what are the these things? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Well, the these things are referring to needs, you know, of mm -hmm. life, food, yeah. drink, and clothing. The necessities. Then, right, the necessities. And so it does, so, so let me say quickly, in our, for our studio audience, it does not include a spouse, a house, a car or more money and this is not to say that god will not bless you with those things but this is only to say that the context of this verse hardly could stretch to that because are the so and then we would have to assess are these things needs or are they wants so once we assess that we must understand and so with matthew 6 33 there's a broader application for us today. We must distinguish between needs and wants. And if that which we desire constitutes a need, then God will honor his word to provide it. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. And so 
Our final word, final word that I want, I'm going to give a final word, but before I do, do you have any last words that you would like to say, Wayne? I just basically want to point to a studio audience to what Christ says and to reinforce what you said about um, him, he providing our necessities. He goes on in verse 31 to say, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Then he goes on to say, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So that's just to reinforce what you have been saying, that your daily needs, the necessities, the things you need to live, if you pursue Christ with um, sincerity, then he, in turn, will promises to honor your pursuit of him by supplying your daily needs. Amen. Amen. And so I want to say to our audience, are, are your priorities in order? Have you been seeking after things? Have you been anxious, worried about your future, about tomorrow? Well, if you have, then check your priorities. If the pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness become a priority in your life, then you can trust God to provide your needs without the anxiety or the worry. So let me say that again. If the pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness become a priority in your life, then you can trust God to provide your needs without the anxiety or the worry. Amen. That's our talk today. Thanks to my guest host, Wayne Plummer, for stopping by. And I'd like to give a shout out to my listening audience in the United States, Canada, Kenya, and Singapore. <laughs> and all of my first time listeners, thank you so much for dropping by and for hanging with me. And of course, Jamaica. All of you in Jamaica listening, I am so, so appreciative of your support. I appreciate all of you. Have you been blessed? I know I've been blessed. Thank you for keeping me company. Until next time, I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. See you next week, same time, when we look at Judge Not, Lest Ye Be Judged. Ah, that sounds interesting. Really interesting.